Hey, you're listening to Podcast Rewind with Erica Jarvis and Amy Randolph. This is the podcast about all of the podcasts that we just can't stop listening to. Enjoy! Hey everybody, welcome to episode 17 of Podcast Rewind. I'm Amy, one of your co-hosts. Uh, you can always find me and see what I'm doing at I'm Amy Randolph on Instagram and Twitter. And sitting across the table from me. Hey guys, this is Erica Jarvis, writer and creator of the blog My Revamped Life. And like Amy said, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter and you guys can find me at Erica Jarvis. Welcome to episode 17. Episode 17. Um... Gosh, we've been like milestoning. Like two weeks ago, we had our quinceanera episode. Yeah. Last week, we had our sweet sixteen. I guess we're just you know waiting out adulthood at episode eighteen. <laughs> yeah, next waiting week. to vote next week. <laughs> um, okay, so episode seventeen. Um, <clears throat> starting off as always, I think with our drink of the week. Yes. Cheers, Amy. Cheers. We're both having a... That was loud, yeah? It was good. Uh, we're both having a German beer today. We are. I'm having a Warsteiner, a German Pilsner. I'm having a Bitburger, also a German Pilsner. Um, so why are we having German beer? Because we've already been drinking German beer today. Yes, we, we have. Keep the party going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, these are super yummy and delicious. We already had beer here, but we were in a part of town today at a German restaurant that had a German like deli around the corner, and we were like, oh, these are so much better than yeah. the beers we have at home. I have a German food baby. I'm like... It hurts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm um, tired. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, we ate, we shared an appetizer of a giant pretzel uh -huh. with like... Oh, you didn't get that mustard at that deli. Oh, shit. That German mustard was yeah, delicious. Yeah, German mustard and like a cheese thing. And like, I was honestly full before oh. my meal came. Yes. And I powered The through. struggle was real. Um, but what I'm obsessed with this week and uh, is the reason that we drove an hour away to go hang out and eventually have some German food. Best friend of the podcast, Beth's um, son is turning two this week. Yeah. And so we celebrated today. We went to the zoo. Um, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun to see some friends. The baby is so cute. Yeah. And it was um, a totally new part of town yeah. that we hadn't been to. So it was over in Sanford. And I laughed with you as we were headed out there. Like, I've just been to so many different places all over Orlando this week. And it's kind yeah. of what I'm obsessed with. I did a thing in Longwood on Friday night. And then, yeah, today we were out at the Central Florida Zoo and Botanical Gardens to celebrate little H-Man's second birthday and yeah. see some animals and take a little walk and check everything out. And, um, yeah, it's been a really fun weekend exploring. I think, I mean, I'm not obsessed with it because it was ridiculous, but as we were walking into the location, we see um, Beth and her husband and child, like, walking in. And they were, like, a few <laughs> minutes late. And... There's another couple in front of us, and I point at our friends because they see me, and I just scream, hey, you're late. You and sure did. And the people in front of me turned around. They're like, what? Strangers. 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 We're just trying to go to the zoo today. Turn around. They're like, excuse us? I was like, oh, hey, 
so you didn't see me pointing to my friends who you can't see because you don't know anybody. Have a great day. And they were like, late? We just decided to do this five minutes ago. Yeah, and we kept running into them at, in the zoo, like, yeah. everywhere. Like, we ran into them. Oh, God. It and was really funny. We went to go get a drink of water, and they were, like, two people in front of us. And I was like, oh, hey, guys. I was just thinking about you. Hope you're having a great day. Like, I was overcompensating for yelling at them in the parking lot. And yeah. then on our way out, like, I walked by them. I was like, hey, guys, super great hanging out with you today. I'll see you next weekend, right? And they yeah, were, we're just, like, plants, trying to show up on time. <laughs> the guy I was like, Facebook us. I was like, okay. I did get your name. Oh. Um, I also, at the zoo today, was obsessed with the fact that um, you, Beth, and I, at one time, all had the same job, and that job yeah. was uh, dealing directly with animals um, at a theme park that we worked at. So, walking in today, I haven't been to a zoo, any zoo, uh, in like a oh. long time, but... Uh, walking in today, I had to remind myself that I, in fact, am not an animal <laughs> keeper. So we're like looking at giraffes, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that one's reticulated." Or whatever. That is like, "Oh god, I'm gross. I have to stop." And just making way too many like old school, decade ago jokes about uh-huh. animals and working. And but it was fun. It's always it fun, fun to you know remind ourselves of that time because that's how the three of us became yeah. friends in the first place. So it's always fun to kind of go back and tell those old stories and remember our time and, and the animals that we worked with and how much we loved all that. Yeah, and then like you said, afterwards we went out to dinner at uh, Hollerbach, like the Willow Tree Cafe mm-hmm. over in Sanford. So if you're an Orlandonian and you like German food, highly recommend getting over there. It's true to form, absolutely, because you and a couple other people at the table have been to Germany, eaten German food, know yeah, your German spent, food and German beer. Spent quite a few months in Germany for work at one time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was no joke. That was real German food. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like a German, you could smell like the sauerkraut in the air. I smelled <laughs> sauerkraut as we walked up, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And this is not my favorite. No, I don't mind it. But, don't um, mind it, but... It's a really cute town, downtown Sanford. I hadn't been there before. Uh, there was antique shops and tons of bars and restaurants. I would yeah. definitely want to go back, but I will say. Oh my God. I am fired up about something, Amy. Tell us. Because I, I, yes, you go. So as we were heading out of town, we had all this food in our bellies. We had been in the sun and walking all day, kind of tired, need to hop in the car, drive an hour home, get on the mics and deliver our podcast. And a great podcast. We wanted to make sure that we were, <laughs> you know, energetic for y'all. Yeah. So I'm like, Amy, as I'm driving us out of town, look up a local coffee place or something. So we find a place that seems to have coffee. I drop Amy off on the side of the road, circle like, back it. around, come back around. And Amy's like, I'm ready. And I see her standing on like the corner with a look on her face. And I'm like, <laughs> I open the car door. She goes, I think it's bad. <laughs> I was just like, fuck. So I got us, we both wanted a cold coffee because yeah. it was a warmer day. And so I went into. I yelped coffee places, and we found this place. I'm not going to say the name of it. And, I but I that. walk in, and I realize it's a bar. And I'm like, uh, I was kind of standing there confused, and there's like five patrons all sitting <laughs> at the bar. And one of them asked me, like, what, can we help you, lady? Yeah. And I was like, do you serve coffee here? And they're like, yeah. So anyway, they come in, they help me. I get my two cold brews. I didn't bother to taste it. It yeah. looked like coffee to me. So I'm out on the street waiting for Erica to pick me back up, and while I'm standing there waiting, I take a sip of mine, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, what, what, is, what is in my mouth? It's not coffee. So when yeah. I get to your car, I'm like, I have coffee, but I got bad news. Because <laughs> you were like, it tastes like there's like a burning after. It burns. Taste. It tastes like burning. And I was like, oh, okay, they roasted the beans too hard, like whatever, some coffee does taste burnt. Mm-hmm. But then I took a sip, and I was like, is there chili powder in here? 
And I'm like, thank you. That's what it is. That's why my mouth is on fire. Because I've now taken two more sips trying to like, maybe I just was wrong that first time. So I kept drinking it. And then like my mouth was on fire. And then we realized some fucking hipster yes. served us chili powder cold brew with no warning. It was horrible. It was so, so like bad. We sat in silence until I got us like the next town over and we got iced coffee. Because you don't in... fuck with Erica's coffee. You do. No, you really don't. I'm a New Yorker at heart. Like coffee, coffee, coffee. So we're like pulling into the Starbucks and finally after like 15 minutes of dead silence, I was like, it's just like, don't try to be a hipster. Putting like <laughs> chili powder in your coffee doesn't make you a hipster. It makes you a fucking jerk. You're totally ready to talk after you had a sip of Starbucks and like you were revived again. Like it was an EKG machine. Yes. <laughs> sip of Starbucks. I just, like, was sitting on it because like we didn't have any other beverages in the car, so we just had to sit with like chili powder taste in the back of our mouth and wanting the coffee so bad. Oh, and it just it was sitting there, the cup, unpalatable in like the um, cup holders taunting us. So lesson for today. No chili powder in the coffee. Don't be a jerk with your coffee. You can be hot and romantic because it is the week of Valentine's Day. It absolutely is. But you Love don't is spike a girl's coffee with chili powder. No, definitely not. Love is in the air, I mean, this week. But you know love what? It's our podcast. So our podcast. Do you mind if I jump in and go first and yeah. we're on the love train here? Yes. Because you know me. I like to take a good thing and ruin it. So <laughs> as did a... A woman that I'm going to be talking about in my podcast recap, and because it is the week of love, yeah, I'm going. I'm going to recap my favorite podcast that the one I that love, you're in love with that I love so dearly. My favorite murder. What I gotta talk. I heard their episode this week. I listen to them every week, of course. And I mention them on the show pretty often, but you know, I know I've recapped them before. But hey, it's a great episode. Yep. And this, it's a great, crazy love story, yeah. you know, that ends in okay, death. Okay, well, what is it? It's, um, okay, so the girls were live in Phoenix, okay. so we know what they do. They do um, <gasps> local yeah. uh, crimes, and so Karen did the story of Jody Arias. Oh, perfect. So, I, I'm going to take some liberties, I think, too, on this recap, because it's not like... I think probably a good chunk of this audience knows who Jody Arias is, yeah. is, and what the kind of base of that story was and in all fairness I have as a true crime fan watched plenty of documentaries and stuff so oh, I'm kind of yeah. a little bit of an expert on my Listen, own. I've even seen the Lifetime movies I've seen the 2020s yes. I know about her. So Karen starts off with uh, I'm doing Jodi Arias and the, you know the audience erupts screaming and she stops again and she's like god the ushers what do they think of us <laughs> you know in this venue. Um, so anyway she said she got most of her information from First of all, a story on Huffington Post that was written about the timeline of events, Ooh. but then the two-part snapped episode of Jodi Arias and the made-for-television movie Jodi yeah. Arias' Dirty Little Secrets, which all of those things I have also consumed on my own uh -huh. and I'm aware of. So again, I'm basically as much of an expert as Karen is here. So, For sure. So I'm going to tell you how Karen told the story, but I also know it too, just so yeah. you know. So, no one doubts that you might know a murder. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, crazy love, crazy love. So, Karen starts it kind of at the end. So, she explains that, um, I think it was in 2000, and, uh, it was in 2008, Travis Alexander, mm -hmm. he is our victim. He was found dead in his own bathroom in his house in Mesa, Arizona, uh, by friends of his and his roommates. 
So this guy was a pretty well-to-do guy, and he had a giant 4,000-square-foot home. And so he had the whole master wing to himself, mm-hmm. but he had roommates that lived there as well. Well, he had a trip coming up with a bunch of his friends to Cancun. Um, but he had not shown up to work or answered any of their calls oh. about the trip coming up for a few days. So one of his friends goes over to his house and knocks on the door to, you know, and the roommates answer. And she's like, hey, have you talked to Travis? Have you seen Travis? Has he been home? And the roommates go, oh, we thought you'd already left for Cancun. Uh, she's like, no, yeah. we like leave tomorrow. So they go into his room and they find his body, which has been there now for five days. Gross. Yeah. And well, imagine this. The roommates were living there. Yes. With a their dead like landlord in his bedroom and had no idea. They thought he was on vacation. I mean, we're roommates. I think I would know if you were dead in your bathroom. I would yeah, hope I would know. This apartment is not 4,000 square feet, so that smell would hit what? you a little quicker. <laughs> so anyway, Travis's body has been stabbed 27 times, mostly in the back. His throat cut, and post-mortem, a gunshot went to the head. No, oh, that's just dick. That's just dick. So they call the police, like you do, and immediately all the friends are like, Jody, you gotta find Jody. Jody did it. So, why would Jody kill Travis Alexander? So Karen takes us back to the beginning. I like the way she told the story. She Tarantino'd it. She Tarantino'd us. So she takes us back to how this couple meets. So, uh, first of all... They're both really attractive. Like I said, Travis also, he's young. He's like 29, 30. He's got a lot of money. Jody is hot. Yes. She has got a gorgeous face, long, beautiful blonde hair, a tiny, like, sexy little body. And she's one of those women that knows she's hot. Uh Uh-huh. And she's one of those women who goes through life feeling entitled and normally receiving what she wants. Oh. Because, you know, very, very attractive people get that. You know what yeah, I mean? Like they do. They just have an easier time in life. Oh, yeah, for sure. So anyway, she meets him at a work conference in Vegas in uh, 2006. And she said, like, <laughs> Karen is so funny when she's telling the story. She keeps referencing that Lifetime movie. That's and all I'm thinking about in my head right she now. She always says, and in the film, Jodi Arias, Dirty Little Secret. <laughs> <laughs> and every single time she references uh-huh. it, she does it that way. It's really, really funny. Karen is so funny. So she, is she a stand-up comedian? Karen is the Karen stand-up is comedian. Stand-up yeah, Georgia okay. is the Food Network girl. Thank you. Um, Great jobs. It's, right? Sorry. So um, she, like, watches him do a speech, and, like, it's, you know, it's in the movie. Like, her eyes kind of, like, glaze yes. over. Like, I'm in love with him. So she approaches him afterwards and is pretty explicit about what she'd like to do with him, mm-hmm. to which he kind of turns her down because he's a Mormon. That's right. Right. So he's very religious, and he's into his Mormon faith. And so um, he says, you know, like, I, I really can't do the premarital sex thing, um, but let's get to know each other more. So they continue to hang out for the, for the rest of the conference, and then she and he keep in touch. She lives in Southern California. He lives in Mesa. Mm-hmm. So after the conference, they go back to their homes. And over the course of the next few months, they exchange 82,000 emails. Emails? Not text. This is 2006, girl. Oh, yeah. Emails. Well, there, there was texting in 2006, but it we cost a dime per. Or you had to pay for like a thousand text messages. Right. Yeah. So 82,000 emails. Woo! Jeez. Um, that was even before like smartphones. Yeah. So you had to drag your laptop around or be chained to your desktop or I don't know. To be fair, in 2018, we're still dragging laptops around. Well, yeah, changed. but if I want to send an email, I can do it yeah, from, from my phone. multiple yeah, you know, devices. Anyway, so after, like, two months of them exchanging emails and some back-and-forth visits, 
she's really pushing to date and he's not, but he is starting to hook up with her mm-hmm. and, you know, finding, maybe finding some ways around traditional sex to, uh, please. But I think eventually they do just start having sex and like yeah. she gives in. Um, but he won't become official with her because of, she's not Mormon. Mormon. Two months in, girl converts. Red flag. It's a huge red, red flag. Red flag. But, uh, you know, no. You just, uh, you have to be super committed before you convert religion for okay. somebody. So she converts, and he makes her wait three more months until he officially agrees to start dating her. So she's playing the long game, as is he she at is. this point. So he eventually does start, like, okay, fine, we're dating. Yeah. Right? And she is one of those girlfriends. Don't talk to other women. I don't like your friends. And the friends all hate her. Of course. Of course. And so she's just a little bit much. And he's also not really looking for the commitment. I think she badgered him into it. Uh-huh. You know? So after four months of dating, they break up. Or he dumps her. And as Karen put it so well, she reacts like any sane person does and moves to Mesa. Oh, yeah. So they're not even together. And she picks up and she moves like 10 minutes away from his house. That just happened on Relationship. That reality No way, did it, really? On Bravo. One of the girls didn't get picked. And next thing you know, she moved to Charleston. And I was like, no fucking way. Red flag. Wait, did he? Okay, what did happen at the end of Relationship? Did he wind up with anybody? He picked this like 23-year-old. But then like they're like, oh, you'll find out on you know Southern Charm what happens. They're clearly not together anymore. But then one of the other girls he doesn't choose is... I noticed it's in Charleston now, and I thought to myself, oh, that's really creepy. <laughs> like Red this. Flag. Yes. So okay. creepy. Back to Jody and, and Travis. Um, so they're broken up, but she moves to Mesa and makes herself very convenient. So he's still hooking up with her. Of course. Like, okay, Travis, you're the victim here ultimately, but are you sure you're making the right choices, man? Yeah. Which head are you thinking with? Oh, I can tell you. Mm-hmm. So he still hooks up with her, but then he manages to get himself a new girlfriend. This is not taken well by one Jody Arias. She follows them on their dates. She has she slashes his tires and her tires. To which Georgia had a great comment. She was like, "Well, slashing their tires while they're out on a date just forces them to spend more More time time together. together. Yeah, you stuck them together." Karen's like, "Yeah, she didn't think that through. She just just not." Um, Jody also is really into breaking into his house. Like, does it frequently. And again, he knows it. He will find her. He wants I like to... how you said it, though. Like, she's really into it. Like, it's a passion project for her. Well, yeah. It's like a hobby. Because he will be like, okay, she got in through that door. I'll enforce that door. She gets to the point where she's coming in through the doggy door. Stop it. And he will come home and find her in the house and be like, Jody, come on. <laughs> we talked about this. Jode. Um, he found her hiding behind his Christmas tree one time. <laughs> yeah, so, like, she's a nut job. One time while he was out on a date, and now Karen said, I thought I remembered this in a news story as well, but Karen said she could only find evidence of this in the uh, Jody Arias Dirty Little Secret film, that one time while he was out with the new girlfriend, Jody snuck in and took, like, thousands of pictures of them together, her and him, and plastered them all over his house, and then he came home with the date, and it's like, oh. I do remember that from the movie. I remember that from the movie, too. I thought I remembered it but being real, but maybe I just There's something to it, say so. that those Lifetime movies don't take a few liberties that's with the creative. That's what Karen said. She was yeah. like, that feels a little Hollywood bullshitty. But uh-huh. she was that nuts that you can't, also can't put exactly. it her. So, um, anyway, April 2008, they are still kind of hooking up on the side. 
uh, Travis and Jody, and he does this stupid fucking thing where he's in a bar and he texts her like, oh, I'm in a club and I realize that you're the most beautiful woman in the world looking around me. Like, so he's keeping her on the hook. He, yeah, can, he does kind of like this. And she is not understanding this rejection. And I think she already is a psychopath. Yeah. But he is setting her off for sure. So... Uh, the girls had a good laugh about this on the podcast but in June 2008 is where he gets his like final straw Uh because he figured out that she hacked into his Facebook so he was like okay now that's too much don't talk to me anymore yeah right like coming in through the doggy door is like hey now yeah but hacking into my Facebook is that's 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 it that's the line again things can just accumulate and accumulate and you Mm -hmm. make excuses and then finally one thing uh, that's what I said the straw that broke the camel's back like it could be something small that's like okay I'm done no more um, so that's in June 2008, and um, that, again, she doesn't take that well. At some point in here, she has moved back to California, mm-hmm. in Northern California, Redding, because that's up, up above I love that you're looking at me like I know. Oh, I think, well, you know California pretty well. But I anyway, know two cities. <laughs> she, she, she is back in California when he does this, like, official, and we're talking, yeah. breakup. And uh, she immediately rents a car and drives her ass straight to Mesa and shows up at his door. Again, Travis, are we making good choices? T-Dog, should we be Because she shows up at his door, and instead of calling the police or alerting anybody or telling her to go away, he's like, oh, well, since you're here, my girlfriend and I just broke up, and I need to talk about my feelings, and invites her in. Trav. 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 So, um... Who knows how much talking happened, but sex happened. Oh, yeah. Lots of sex happened, and we uh, know that because there's photo evidence, because they were taking naughty photos, and then, um, I don't know, taking a break in the sex or whatever, he goes to take a shower. And then, again, this is from the movie. We don't actually know this happened, because Jody's not going to cop to it. Exactly. Um, But we think that probably the ex sent a text, Uh or something happened while he's in the shower, and she fucking goes off. She snaps. And she takes the camera into the bathroom and is, like, doing, like, a kind of, like, a directed photo shoot, yeah. like, a sexy photo shoot of him in the shower. And then he turns around and she starts stabbing him. Mm-hmm. Where she hid the knife, I don't know. But this is where she stabs him to death 27 times, slits his neck, and shoots him in the head. So, aggression much? Yeah. She, she overkills. That's the definition. For sure. Of overkill. And then she uh, closes the door, leaving the bloodbath behind, and drives herself back to California and says nothing to nobody about it. Yeah. So then, like I mentioned at the top of the story, he's eventually found, and the friends immediately say, you gotta talk to Jody." So up in California, where she is, she's called into the police station, and inexplicably, this is where the story starts getting weirder and weirder and weirder. She's like, well, no, I didn't do it. Yes, of course, here's my DNA and my fingerprints. So they take that back to the scene, and her blood, her DNA, her fingerprints, her palm print are everywhere in this blood-drenched bathroom. And on top of this, the real evidence is that that camera that she took all those photos of, she kept taking photos, by the way, after he was dead and while she was doing it. And to cover herself up, she put it in his washing machine on her way out and turned it on and thought, like, Great, now they'll never know. Uh-huh. Nope. Even in 2008, they had strong enough uh, equipment to be able to pull up the photos on that card and 
clearly she is at the scene of the because she's pretending that she didn't even go to Mesa yeah, at all. Of course. Well, she's here insane. you are, time stamped in these photos yep. at the scene of the crime, and at the very end, the last picture is actually a picture of her face trying to clean up the bathroom. So she took a photo for and, and her hand stabbing him. There's a photo or two so of weird. as well. Yeah, that's fucked. It's up. super fucked up. It's super fucked up. So she's arrested. And, like, again, here's where it gets weird. She gets arrested in California, and she stops him and says, well, but before I leave the house, she's at her grandma's house. She goes, can I go put my makeup on? And they're like, no. (laughs) No. Karen and Georgia do a really funny bit about that. Anyway, she gets charged with first-degree murder, and then she bails herself out and immediately goes starts doing television interviews and is completely unconcerned with being convicted. She says things like, well, I will... I, I didn't do it. No one, no jury will ever convict me. Mark my words. Which now in the future, by the way, or like in present time, she goes back and says because she was suicidal then. And the jury would never get a chance to convict her because she would have killed herself. Oh, okay. But I think that's bullshit. She also makes up on, like on 48 hours without consulting a lawyer or telling the police. She makes up a story about intruders coming in and killing him and threatening to kill her. And that's why she ran like, yeah, I don't even know about California. I didn't call the police. Yeah. That one doesn't fly. She starts the trial and immediately, like, fires her lawyer that's given to her and thinks that she can lawyer herself and defend herself. So she's doing real poorly right away and is immediately like, Judge, can I have my lawyer back? And they're like, yeah. yeah. Which does no good. She makes up another story on the stand about it being self-defense because she dropped the camera and he, like, flew into a rage and was beating her. And Karen had a really great point about that's so angersome because, especially looking now at the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. when a woman in a high-profile case like that alleges abuse that didn't happen, that's why so many victims stay quiet and don't come forward because we're all afraid of being uh, called liars. Yeah. So it's just even more so angersome, but thankfully it doesn't work, especially because of the part of the being stabbed in the back 27 <laughs> times, like his yeah. back wasn't you right. know, abusing her. So she is convicted, and she's spending the rest of her natural life in prison. But, I mean, like, even a couple years ago, I remember a news story coming out about her social media manager not doing what she wanted on Twitter and her throwing a public fit about that. I mean, she's just... She's got some delusions. She's a psychopath. But this Valentine's Day, well, uh, with wine and roses and chocolates... Just keep your knives your out of your yeah, Keep your knives back. in the kitchen and um, <laughs> not in each other's backs. That's so crazy. And of course, I'm assuming everybody just lost their minds over listening to this recap. At oh yeah, the live show. It's the very famous murder. Yeah, in, in Arizona. I mean, I would say that. I know when you saw them, they did Aileen mm-hmm. from Monster, which I think. Buenos. Thank you. And I think that that one is popular, but not easy to know that or remember that one was true. Yeah, but I consider Jodius. 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 Jodius Arius. Jodius Arius. Her, her Latin name. Um, <laughs> consider her to kind of be on the same wavelength of fame as Casey Anthony. Yeah. Except she's convicted. And uh-huh. Casey Anthony got, away with got off. Exactly. Baby. Well, so in regards to like her craziness, you think a lot of it stemmed from her being so beautiful. She really thought she could get away with so many different things. Yeah, like when she said no jury would ever uh-huh. convict me. I think that she's she so thought pretty. that her yeah and her cunning and her charm would get her out of it. And honestly, you know, looking back in photos of her, she is a 
good looking girl, but we're not talking Cindy Crawford get out of a parking ticket well, good looking. Is, she is before the court stuff. Like there's a lot of photos of okay. her. She purposely she cuts those terrible like wispy bangs mm. and she puts on glasses. She dyes her hair brown. Oh, yeah. So she like kind of Uggs up. Uggs up a little bit. <laughs> but in her like younger years, she she was hot. I'm sure. Crazy hot. Crazy hot. Oh yeah, the crazy hot scale. Yeah. Um, well, you want to keep talking about beauty things? I do. Okay, cool. So I started listening to, because I'm super intelligent, TED Radio Hour, which oh, is from fancy. NPR. I'm yeah. fancy. I'm an intellectual. I'm oh, an adult. That, that's from NPR? Because TED Talks aren't affiliated with National Public Radio. Not necessarily. They're doing the podcast. But, so what this is with TED Radio Hour is they kind of take a variety of TED Talks mm-hmm. and can push them together to create a podcast. Oh, okay. So the one I listened to... It's called What is Beauty, and it originally aired in April of 2013, but it was recently up on, um, like I said, TED Radio Hour. And it's all about beauty. So, like, first thing, like, they kind of talk about is, like, how do we describe beauty? Mm-hmm. Like, it's really difficult. Like, what would you say is a beautiful thing? Well, it's in the eye of the beholder, is it, it not? It truly is in the eye of the beholder. Do we all think the same things are beautiful? Mm-hmm. You know? So, um... There's a, like I said, there's a variety of TED Talks, and um, I'm going to kind of just run through the top ones that I thought were the best, but I'll kind of mention the other ones. So um, there's one in regards to this um, homeless violinist, Nathaniel, who I believe the movie The Soloist is based on. Oh, didn't see that one, but I know what it is. Me neither. Um, Was it Jamie Foxx or somebody? So he's like a trained um, violinist from Juilliard who has um, schizophrenia. I thought that was Christian Bale. Isn't that the one he lost all that weight for? Um, I think that that's the Mac. Anyway, that's not, it's it not, doesn't matter. It's super not it. I'll tell you, Christian Bale is Screaming not radios in it. and text us. Yeah, exactly. So um, he's a homeless violinist who's a Juilliard trained. Mm-hmm. And this guy, Stephen Lopez, kind of comes upon him one day in downtown LA and sort of pulls him out of homelessness and realizes, like, he can play a violin with two strings Mm. and still create music. So this whole TED Talk is in regards to the beauty of music and what it can do. So growing up, he did have bouts of schizophrenia, and they he doesn't take his medicine because he was also, like, electric shock therapy to get through the schizophrenia. And, like, a lot of the other people working with him just kind of realized that through music and playing the violin, he could almost, like, pull himself out of downward spirals Uh so just talking about the beauty of music and that's kind of how this whole TED talk starts but then this is where I really dug into this podcast they kind of talk about like well what what do we know that beauty is like and how do we know what it is and everyone thinks that they can describe what's beautiful so like they kind of run through a bunch of things like a certain landscape in like central California is beautiful a movie the wizard of oz is a beautiful movie uh, Mount Fuji, we know, is beautiful. The winning touchdown at the end of a football game, you'll hear guys be like, oh, it's a beautiful play. Mm-hmm. You know, a plate of food can be beautiful. So, like, why is it that a variety of things can all be considered beautiful? From art to food to people to surroundings, furniture can be beautiful. Like, how is that possible? And is it all, like visually beautiful that they're talking about not like it's a beautiful experience to stand in at the Grand Canyon like they're talking about visually with your eyeballs whether you consider something beautiful or not um with this kind of but also like I said with the first TED talk music was so beautiful it was like healing but But the second one the second one is really about like yeah with your eyeballs like what makes things beautiful and so um 
we know all these things to be beautiful, but we don't know why we consider them to be beautiful. So we hear from Alexander Malmont from is an artist from Russia who moved to America and in 1995 decided to kind of do a scientific art experience mm-hmm. slash project. And he wanted to understand what kind of art that people thought was beautiful and maybe then that could correlate to what we think beauty is, if that makes sense. Like, I like looking at this kind of art, so therefore, maybe that is a beautiful thing. So he works with 17 different countries across sampling of people and just kind of starts this science project and asks people a series of questions and starts out real low. Like, do you like rough or smooth surfaces? Do you like brush strokes in art or no brush strokes in art? And then starts to move on a little deeper, like, what's your favorite color? Do you like abstract art? Do you like famous people in your art who are dead? Or do you like famous people who are currently living? Do you like (laughs) historical figures? Do you like people with clothes on or not clothes on? Fun fact, in France, they prefer naked people. But in America, we don't. (laughs) I am not surprised. This would mean they were like, this is a fact that I think everybody knew. But here's where it gets really interesting. When it came down to favorite color is where science started to come in. So, like, Amy, mm-hmm. what's your favorite color? Pink. And mine is blue. In China, in 1995, a quarter of the population of the people that they surveyed, blue is their favorite color. So they went and they looked at the Russia sample. A quarter of people in Russia thought blue was beautiful. And every single country, about one quarter of the population, would say blue, and that would be the largest sample. Mm-hmm. So 25% of the group said blue, and a smattering said everything else. So they're like, okay, let's keep going. And it was almost like the same percentage in every single country was like people prefer outside photos versus inside photos. People prefer spring. They prefer the countryside versus the city. They want landscapes in spring. So then like, okay, all of these countries who might not even have those kind of landscapes, they all think the exact same thing is beautiful really at the end of the day. So it's not a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. It's an innate thing for us when it comes to beauty. So then we hear from Dennis Dutton's TED Talk, and he talks about how, like, this beautiful idea is everywhere. The fact that there is this, like, landscape that is considered the most beautiful thing. And he says it kind of originates in the savannas where we all stem from back in the Middle East. So the most beautiful picture is low grass with trees in, like, a savanna area And there's water in the picture, there's an indication of animals or birds, there's diverse greenery, and there's a path in the photo that extends into the distance. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of paint that picture in your head, as long as you don't have any Fantasia, where you can't create (laughs) imagery. Nice throwback. But so if you think about that, like a landscape, a lush landscape, tall trees, blue skies, water, and a path. You've seen that on postcards, you've seen people painting it, you've been to an art prize competition, that is probably in a lot of different places. Um, We create physical landscapes like golf courses and parks that actually mimic that. And he said, regardless of where you are in the world, this is considered beautiful. And I thought to myself, there is a part of um, State Road 27 Uh that you can drive north to. And there is a place that every time I pass it, I'm always like, I want to get out of the car and take a photo. There's this beautiful lake next to the road, surrounded by orange groves Mm -hmm. and a huge, like, grassy patch and like a path in the back and it's true I always stop and look oh, it's so beautiful and I'm right it really <laughs> is <laughs> so um this savannah landscape really unites everybody in the world into what is beautiful and um the guy running the um 
study was really upset mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, this beauty was just really simple. It was like a simple landscape. Uh-huh. And he was just like, oh, I guess simple truth can be real truth. Like, it doesn't have to be complex about what's beautiful and what's not. But so what they decide to, like, figure out is what makes this landscape beautiful is the fact that it can sustain life. And that's what we're all looking for without knowing it. So then it goes back to, like, a Darwin thing. Mm -hmm. So, like, people think that, you know, hiking in California is beautiful because you can look out into the city and stuff like that. Well, that goes back into us being, like, hunters and gatherers back in the day. Uh If you went to the top of a mountain, you could say there are predators. You can Mm -hmm. get a whole view. So it starts to become a Darwin thing that it's, like, trying to sustain life is what makes things beautiful. That's why we're drawn to that. Exactly. We don't understand it, but we just know it to be true. And so, um, like I said, it's all Darwin-based, and they kind of continue to talk about making things beautiful as necessary for evolution. And so how back in the day, and he made a, the guy made a joke. He was just like, you know, I'm sure cavemen had great lines back in the day, like, why don't you come back to my cave and let you show me, like, I'll show you my hand axes. And it's like, back in the... up with my cave woman. Why don't you come on in? Right? So, like, sharpening a rock, tying it to a stick, now I've got an axe, great. But then we need to continue to create beautiful hand axes as, like, a fitness single signal. Excuse me, my voice is starting to crack after this day. And basically what we're showing people with like, oh, I can make a beautiful handcrafted axe is that like, I've got fine motor skills. I'm clever. I'm intelligent. Uh, Here's me showing you the other desirable skills I have by creating something beautiful. So it continues on that evolution path. You want to be with somebody who has those desired skills. Mm -hmm. And so um, then they go over into a new TED talk with um, Cameron Russell, who has been a supermodel for 10 years. And okay, she, don't know that name. Me neither. Um, not in, uh, I know Gigi Hadid. Like, that's Gigi basically Bella. <laughs> um, and so she does her TED Talk in, like, a tight skin, like, you know, short, skimpy dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and is basically, from she describes it, because obviously you can't see her TED Talk, and kind of is just like, oh, this is probably really uncomfortable for everybody. Let me disarm myself. Puts on a wrap puts on a sweater, takes off her heels, puts on flats, and is just like, now you don't see that anymore, and I can talk to you. And so she just talks about physical beauty. Okay. Kind of going back to what you are saying with Jodi, like, she's so beautiful, she's got this different lot in life, and that's what Charlotte says, and she's so real. She was like, oh, why am I a model? Oh, I won the genetic lot- lottery. Like, uh, yeah. I am tall and gorgeous, and I have great, mm-hmm. luscious, long hair, but... It's so humble. It's so humble. She but I know, like, I know. She also has like a master's from Columbia. So you can tell she's really, you know, used her time wisely. But what she says is that also that's the lottery. But then she's also got a legacy. Society has told us that facial symmetry, tall, thin, these certain things are beautiful. So then therefore people who look like that are automatically beautiful. If we changed the idea of beauty, then that wouldn't be her legacy anymore. And we'd go in a different direction. So she was just kind of open and honest about a lot of that stuff. Of course, as well as explaining, like, oh, here I am in this photo. That was five hours of makeup. Yep. I'm stretching my back. I'm uncomfortable. I'm told to do something 19 times. Oh, and then they went and edited it. (laughs) And (laughs) now I know I don't even look like that anymore. (laughs) And so, like I said, her TED Talk was really interesting in regards to beauty. And there were two more. There was a community activist, Bill Strickland, who is from Pittsburgh and has, like, a um, community center for people in um, underprivileged areas to go and 
learn art or cooking or music, and his TED Talk is beautiful. It's very improvised, and Herbie Hancock is with him and just improvises music on the piano behind him. Oh. It was really cool. I'm obsessed with jazz. I think yeah. that's beautiful. And then there was one at the end with designer Richard Seymour. I just thought the whole thing was really interesting, especially about the fact that beauty is just such a Darwin thing. And yeah. it's survival. And like we know we want to mate with somebody that has certain specific qualities, but all of it, especially like landscape stuff, I was just so surprised by. Right. But it was really interesting. I might like listen to more TED Talks now. Some yeah. of them are quick too, like only 15 minutes. I tell myself all the time, especially like New Year's resolution time, that I'm going to listen to TED Talks. And I have never been upset with one that I've listened to, but I don't do it. You know, yeah. I just don't do it. Yeah, and, and there's should. so much information that it's not like the fun throwaway ones where you can just like, you know, be making food or right, hanging yeah. out or a Got to recap. It's a real focus and note taking if you need to. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But so, like I said, it was really kind of cool. I might check out some more. All right. Yay. Good for you. Expanding your thought of what is beautiful. Well, listen, last week I talked about Tinder. I really needed to up my game. I needed to swipe right on some highbrow things. Um, I'm just going to mention real quick. Yes. Rewinders, if you think we're beautiful, you are more than welcome to drop us an email to say so at podcastrwd at gmail.com or even tell the whole world on our Facebook page. Come search us at Podcast Rewind on Facebook. Uh, We would love to get your like, and you can see what we're doing there all the time, too. We post as much as we can. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say, like you said, Amy, if you think we're pretty, you like us, you want to be our Valentine, the greatest gift you could also give us is a five-star review and a little bit of a rating Mm -hmm. over on iTunes. That would really help us out. That would be fantastic. Yay. Do you want to move on and do some pop-ups? I would love to. You know, I got to say, it's been like kind of a crazy week and I've listened to a lot yeah. of podcasts but I was naughty podcast recapper uh-huh. and I just didn't write a bunch of stuff down. Oh no. So I'm like kind of like shit what did I listen to <laughs> this week? But I did write one, the title of a show down. I wrote down nothing about it so I'm just gonna blurb from Whoa, off the cuff. Improv my, if you will. I'm gonna improv to you from my brain ski what I remember about it because I really did like it. It's a podcast called The High Low and first of all what's funny about this is that you and I, we just realized this week, are both logged into a joint account on um, the Cast Apple Box. Uh, CastBox, yeah, the, the Apple podcast like app, and so we've both been adding podcasts to listen to, and I keep opening mine up and be like, where the fuck did that come from? And you're like, who is putting all these murder things on mine? I've heard of the search parts, like recent searches. We finally realized this week we never made like individual accounts for both using podcasts. So this is actually one that you picked for you to listen to, <laughs> awesome. the high low, but you didn't get to it, and I did. <laughs> I listened. You beat me. Because I was looking for something kind of lighthearted, because I, I was working at the time, and sometimes I can't listen to murder when I work, because I miss details, and yes. then I'm like, wait, who died? Why? Who's mm-hmm. mad? So this podcast, the high low, is British. The two female hosts are British. I didn't write their names down, because do I'm the worst. I'm not going to do an accent. I get in trouble when I do accents. And I'm vaguely culturally inappropriate. <laughs> That's kind of the reason. We it shouldn't times. do that. Um, but I dug these girls. They are clearly very good friends. And they got on the mic and talked. And they talked everything. They made fun of Trump. They talked about Aziz and Sari. They talked a lot about the new Ken, uh, Kendall, I'm sorry, Kardashian baby. Stormy Webster. It, yeah, Stormy Webster, which, by the way, check out in, uh, was it, when did we do that one? It was two nights ago. We have a new premium bonus episode out, like we said we would. You're going to have to find that on Patreon. Yep. Um, check out our little mini-sode to get the deets on that. But anyway, 
yeah, they, they just bounced all over, but it wasn't... First of all, the audio quality was very good. Oh, great. Um, it wasn't unplanned. You can tell they had an outline of uh-huh. where they wanted to go because... You know, you've heard some chat podcasts, and I think sometimes we're even guilty of getting on and spouting off. And this was a nicely produced show. And also because they are British, they were talking about reality TV and stuff, but mentioning their own shows that we yeah. don't get here in America. So I'm like, I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but that sounds cool. So um, for just some girl gab, give the Hilo a listen for sure. That's awesome. Um, so funny story. This week I had a conference call with um, a travel company in England for work, mm-hmm. and it's the same company that we work for, the Walt Disney Company, and our inner conference call line that we all dial into, once I put in their conference code, it flipped yeah. over and the prompt became British. Last year like, I talked to British people a lot for a project I did, uh-huh. same thing. Flips you- over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, and so, I, it's so hilarious. It's really funny. That's yep. awesome. Well, I will say, um, this week I was listening to a lot of music on my blog. I put out a new playlist yes. for Valentine's Day. And so I have to, like, listen to that a bunch of times to make sure it all makes sense. But I was able the other morning before work to get in a podcast. Um, like, it was up at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning. And Jen Hilzer, good mm-hmm. friend of ours, end of the podcast. Great who, listener. Yeah, she's awesome. She's always sending recommendations. I think she just added us to different podcast groups on she Facebook. Did. She like, did, yeah. She's so rad. So it's, like, 5 a.m. or something her time. And she's, like, texting me. And I just look over. And I'm, like, chit-chatting back and forth with her. And then I was, like, woman. Man, what you got to say? Why are you up? She was up because she would listen to a podcast called the Deus Podcast, D A I S, Deus, mm-hmm. which means platform, mm-hmm. with Rachel Hollis. And she and I are big fans of Rachel Hollis. She's an author. She has um, her own kind of like tribe website for motivation and women called the Chic Site. She has a new like motivational self help book called Girl Wash Your Face that just came out. But before that, she was a um, nonfiction, fiction, nonfiction. I never, fiction is made up stories. Thank you, fiction. Ugh. Honestly, that's like <laughs> you're the, smarter than this. It's been a long day. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me where Colorado is later. I won't know on a map. But she's a fiction writer. Oh, writer. Oh, <laughs> okay. We're getting to the end. Keep getting good, me. guys. Keep with me. <laughs> Buckle up. So she wrote a book called Party Girl. Mm-hmm. I read it like a two ninety nine like Amazon it. book. I think I recommended it to you. Yeah. We had a whole deep dive into that. She's written a bunch of books, but so she has this one episode. It's called Thrive to Five, like the five things that you should do every day, and she promises it'll change your life. So this is why Jen was up at five o'clock in the morning. She was telling me she's been doing these five, five, five to thrive. And so, guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> the first thing, uh, and I listened to the podcast while I was getting ready, and it was okay. really good and motivational, and Rachel is behind you wanting to change your life. So number one, Get up one hour earlier than you normally do, so which is why hard. Jen was up at five o'clock. Oh, so she normally so, gets up at six. Like even that. Oh, I know. She's so me. inspirational. Oh <laughs> I'm always like, "Can you call me when you wake up?" <laughs> like seriously, Pacific yeah, seriously. time. You'll wake me up on East Coast time. So getting up an hour early is just going to help you tackle more things. Maybe get in a workout yeah. or do some laundry. Like eat a good meal, meditate, do whatever you want to do. If you want to read before work. It sounds exciting. I'd, I'd love to try it. I know. I know. But so then another thing she says you should do every day is 30 minutes every day workout. Yeah. Whether it's we walk, should. move, yeah. do what you got to do, but clock in 30 minutes of moving your body, which I completely agree with. And having a Fitbit that every 10 minutes to the hour that's like, hey, girl, get up and walk around the office yeah. is a nice reminder that I've just been sitting and staring at my computer for far too long. So number three, I think is an easy one. I do it pretty much every day. Drink half of your body weight in ounces of water. 
Uh-huh. So if you weigh 100 yeah. pounds, you drink 50 ounces of water. Okay. So it's really not That's too not terrible. terrible. No. And I think to myself, I did it the other day. I woke up in the morning, made like um, lemon water. I had two cups before I had a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. So like I would already was 16, 20 ounces in. It's pretty doable if you try. And then um, this one did not sound very doable. Give up something you love <laughs> but that you mm-hmm. shouldn't have. So she said like... She started a month and gave up diet soda. Mm-hmm. And then after 30 days, she didn't crave it anymore. And then it was like fried food and then fast food and dairy and cheese. Okay, okay. You're I know. <laughs> too much. Going too far. And then the last thing was write down 10 things every day that you're grateful for. And so, you know, Oprah always preaches about a gratitude Gratefulness, journal yeah. and how amazing it can be. So this was a really 15-minute podcast. Yeah. So I was like, later in the day, I was like, let me just check out what she has. And I thought of you. She had one with Beth Shift, who is a casting director. Mm. And she was casting for reality TV shows. Ooh. So she, like, chopped and she did a yeah, bunch yeah, of other yeah, yeah. ones. And it was just really fascinating to hear all of that. I liked it a lot. So the Dave's Podcast has now been added to our shared CastBox <laughs> app. And feel free to go take a listen. So you did kind of tell me this Thrive to Five one uh-huh. uh, the other night when we were just chatting. And just to comment on it. It's not like those five things are radical Mm-mm. ideas. Like, oh my gosh, maybe drinking water and working out? Like, no <laughs> right. fucking way. Exactly. I hadn't thought of that. Um, but as a, I, I like this list in particular because I'm sick of like the 10 things I need to do or, yeah. like, you know, like this five, it's short and sweet. It's stuff I already know, but it's yeah. nice to have that truncated list to just mm-hmm. remind myself. I'm not getting up an hour earlier, <laughs> but to uh, shame and embarrass myself daily <laughs> that I'm not. Yes. Yeah. At least it's a really simple list. Exactly. And I like the myself. concept that it's not like 10 things that you need to do to change your life. It's just like, here are five things you do and you'll thrive. And, and it's just like, get it's, better. it'll get better. And that's what she says. Like, you'll find if you do get up an hour early every day, like maybe you are, that's when you get in, you know, your 30 minutes at the gym. That's when you get in your grateful, yeah. you know, journal and you do all that kind of stuff. And then you start your day and you don't have to worry about all those things anymore. You've done it all, basically. Yeah. Minus the drinking the water. You can do that the rest of the day, but... Like I said, my friend Jen started doing it and got a friend involved, and now they, like, meet together at, like, 6.30 a.m. classes before work and mm-hmm. have a really thriving day afterwards. So, I liked it. Good for that. Yeah. I support it. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, oh, I'm and, getting tired, too. <laughs> and shout out to Jen. She got to meet Rachel Hollis last week. She uh, came yeah. to... Um, the lot where Jen works and did like a whole motivational thing. And I mean, I was so happy for her. So mm-hmm. it was a very Rachel Hollis week. Cool. Well, again, you guys, that uh, we are coming up on Valentine's Day on yes. Tuesday. So I really hate the Galentine I thing. don't like Galentine's just, either. Well, but whether you are together, single, it's complicated, <laughs> whatever. I hope that you have some time to feel the love this week. Um, yeah, and... Listen to some podcasts. And listen to some podcasts that you love. Share the love with us. Yeah. Again, we'd love to hear from you. Leave yeah, us five stars. Leave us five stars and just know that you're our Valentines. That's right. And so until next week, do not forget. Be, be kind. kind. And rewind. Bye. I'm going to bed. Love ya.